0: Welcome, one and all, to the Low-Key Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Keith. And today, as always, I'm joined with Aaron Lanton and Tim Malloy. And we're going to talk about the third installment of Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, um, directed once again by James Gunn. He's back in the director's um, seat, which um, I don't know about you guys, but I... I... I didn't expect him to come back. I guess um some things can be forgiven by Disney, you know, especially if they happened, you know, two decades ago. I don't know. But anyway, um so so with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, we follow again um Peter Quill and his his team of misfits as he's dealing with um you know a, a lot of issues after the loss of Gamora. And then um some things certain things ensue, and this will be a spoiler, um, definitely a spoiler review. And some things ensue where uh, Rocket Raccoon is injured and they have to find the cure to save their friend. So, anyway, that's that's what we're getting in today. So let's get first thoughts. Um Aaron, what did you think about the film? I know Tim got a hot tape. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Tim's hot take is.
1: Um, I don't consider this a hot take, but I didn't find this movie very remarkable. Um mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't hate it by any means. Um, but there's just so many moments where I just kind of found myself not not super engaged for one reason or another. Um, you know, there'd be a random detail that would throw me off, like okay, if the high evolutionary is gonna recreate Earth, like is he ever gonna mention like why? Because like sub- American suburban society, like terraform a whole a whole planet to do that. I mean, like all right, cool, but like I thought his whole thing was like getting the best of
0: civilization, not just kind of. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I, he, did, he did say he did say why he liked Earth. Like yeah, I mean, it was a very like unremarkable thing but well I mean, he said he said it was like
1: an interesting
0: place but it was just like well he said he liked the i can't remember the exact words it was the, something about like the arts yeah and, the culture stuff and this and culture, that yeah like and i guess that's something like it was it was yeah. kind of one of the things where it's like he like i i think they're primitive and i think they're backwards but i, I do appreciate the culture though
1: but it's so weird because like as film goers we feel kind of the opposite because it's like we find our own way of living in that way unremarkable and i guess maybe he does in some way but like if was gonna make that statement i feel like there's just more to you should just kind of say a little more i don't know like it just there, there were just things like that it would have to bring up but it didn't feel like it was fully exploring an idea even the stuff with Rocket Raccoon, like for me it wasn't new. I've read the comics. They've gone to stuff like that before. I didn't feel like that was executed poorly here. But at the same time, it was like he was out of the movie for so long, Rocket Raccoon, but there was no room to explore what that meant. And but the only time we do when he's awake is they're getting all the humans out. No one's thinking of the animals, and he does, of course. But that's like of course he would like you know in in the back of my head i'm like i know he's gonna be the one to do this because of course they're not gonna just leave all the other animals who've been experimented on behind or at least he's not gonna allow that to happen because you know like the whole movie hinges on like his his trauma you know that is not shared with everybody else you know they kind of they witness a lot of it but you know he knows kind of the full story um and I think a, you know a lot of pieces of it work, but they just feel unexplored the way they could be because he's not in most of the movie. I um, mean, he. What you mean? He in the majority
0: of the movie? You mean like
1: well, he, he's, he's not? not well, he, he he's not in the. Um, what what's the proper term for this to, to say properly? Um, we, we, <laughs> like, yeah, he, yeah, he's not in the present tense. We're watching his his you know memories and, and his backstory, but he's not like active in, in the actual threads of what's happening. Um yeah. and because of that, we don't get to explore what it means for him to have gone through that emotional process of n- a near-death experience. And also kind of really silently, because he doesn't say this to anybody, but kind of reclaiming his raccoonhood, you know? Um, there's more to say. Um, Boy, I
0: mean, I I mean maybe it's just me. I kind of got all of
1: that, like I, I mean, like- it's it's there, but I just feel like I mean, like they literally state it is happening, but it's literally just a statement that it's happening. But I don't feel like I'm feeling it. I feel like they they like check off the boxes to get to those points. But I don't really feel moved by the moment. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, we was moved. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. We was we was moved. Me and my wife we were actually moved. But I'm going to let I'm going to uh, let Tim go. And- yeah, I was say, yeah, let's let Tim, Tim get in there.
2: But I don't know if this is a hot take. This is like a lukewarm take. But um, I just kept having the thought through this movie. Given what Disney did to James Gunn, firing over 15 or 10-year-old tweets. And then him coming back with Suicide Squad. And then getting the top job at DC. And then getting rehired for Guardians 3. Not exactly in that order. Yeah. I just kept thinking it would be very funny if he got back at Marvel by turning in a completely incomprehensible movie. <laughs> and I, I shouldn't even say got back at Marvel. It's probably get back at Disney because I suspect that Disney was the corporate entity that wanted him out over those tweets. and Marvel yeah. probably didn't care that much, but uh, just an I statement. I don't, I, I realize this movie has very good reviews for the most part, not the New York times, but a lot of other places really like it. Fans seem to really like it. I just really did find it totally incomprehensible. And I love the first Guardians. And the second one I liked a lot. And I really like James Gunn. Like, I really do. I think he makes great stuff. But this one, I was just like, wait, what planet are they on now? Yeah, it
1: is really hard to follow up
2: points. When they go to that like planet of muscle and fat where everybody's wearing like the Harkonnen suits from Dune, but they're all like in like made of made of goo and <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, like I, just, I just kept thinking of like when you see inverted rectums I'm sorry <laughs> That's whatever, super funny. Like, like whatever that like horrible color is that you see sometimes like on the internet when people are like really hardcore trolling you everything yeah. reminded me of that and I was just like I hate this like I hate seeing this I I cannot get off this gross planet fast enough or a spaceship or whatever the whatever this is
1: yeah whatever fleshy thing is yeah
2: get me out of there um so yeah that was upsetting then it got into like a lot of purple and hard to see colors um i saw this in 3d like not very good 3d everybody says real 3d is pretty decent that is not mm-hmm. my experience i also had to move real close to the screen because i saw this at a regal theater where i'm just going to complain about everything like an old man now um <laughs> i had to move real close to the screen cuz i got one of those regal theaters and this is a problem with a lot of theaters where the exit signs are like right to your the immediate right and immediate left of your eyes to identify oh, the that you just walked in. Like, I know you guys need to know like how to get out of a movie theater as if we don't all know like the basic layout of a movie theater at this point. So there's these bright green signs and I'm trying to focus on the screen, which is very dark. Um, and I just have like a headache within moments. Um, <laughs> so I moved all the way up to the front I like had a hat on over my head to block the side lights. I don't know why theaters are lit this way as if they're not designed for everybody to be looking in the direction of a screen, but it really took away from the 3d experience. And I found that like, I couldn't figure out what size anybody really was so that I couldn't tell. Um, what's the bald one, the bald robot woman played by Karen Gillan.
0: Nebula. Nebula. Oh Nebula. yeah. The,
1: the, I don't know I don't think of her as bald. That's weird. Anyway. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, well, I have met Karen Gillen. She's not a large person at all. Um, it, but I couldn't tell. There were scenes where I couldn't tell Nebula from Drax because the like the sizing was so off and so weird. That's so funny. Um, and it's just a total optical illusion. And it just was a just crummy theater experience. And there were many times when I was just like, I I would leave if I wasn't gonna have to talk about this on the podcast. I mean, I'm excited for the to talk to you guys for the podcast, but I was like, I was not excited about sitting there thinking about all the other stuff I could have been doing. Well, you know, but the thing is, the movie,
1: beyond your visual um, issues you had, there's just, there's a lot of moments I just, (laughs) okay, like, one of the things that's really charming a lot of times about the Guardians is they'll just be like, bad odds, who cares? We're going to go in here guns blazing anyway. But Uh, there are moments in this movie where it's like, Hey, like, that's absolutely incomprehensibly stupid. Like, incomprehensible is like a really good word.
2: But, like, the you movie know? starts so, off a little like, uh, like, why is this golden dude here who I always think is played okay. by oh so not Oh, my okay. God. Not him. <laughs> all right, let,
1: let, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's talk about it for just a second. It's, it's
2: Will Poulter, the Black Mirror actor who I like. I think he's, I think he's like a cool actor. Don't understand why him and his mom are in the movie at all.
1: But he, okay, but I gotta say, when I saw the casting for Adam War, like, I got, Ultra concerned because I was like, he, I know the sort of characters this guy plays. He's not like a a tough dude, you know, will come in like, you know, trying to muscle people up or whatever. So I'm like, well, how are they going to play him then? I'm like, well, they couldn't, nah, that'd be weird. And then they did like the worst possible (laughs) um, thing. Like, I don't know if like there's some secret society against Adam Warlock or something. Adam Warlock is like an incredibly powerful being. One who is a genetically engineered, you know, um, person. But his I don't think in his history has ever been portrayed this way. I, and I just didn't quite, he doesn't need to be there. He doesn't even serve a purpose in the movie.
0: I don't really like Adam Warlock <laughs> to begin with. I mean, not not uh, I'm not an Adam Warlock fan. Not necessarily saying like in this movie, I I wouldn't I wouldn't care too much of whatever take they took for Adam Warlock. But now, with that being said, I actually really love this movie. Like, I really really like this. Movie.
1: <laughs> so, so, so do you like stuff about Adam Warlock? Like, is there anything to like about Adam Warlock? I mean, because he, he doesn't what serve the, a purpose. What, how
0: the character is in the in the
1: story? And, yeah, and, I, I'm just saying, like. We we talk about this occasion where like you'll be watching something and you're like, do we need this? Like if I took this out, like if I took this character out, if I took the scene out, like does this like even get impacted really at all? Adam Warlock doesn't really serve a purpose in the movie at
0: all. He's he sent there to retrieve Rocket. Rocket, sure, but you could send any old thing to do that. Yeah, but I mean, any old thing, I Adam Warlock. I mean, to to your average audience, it wouldn't matter who they sent. Okay, and but that, look, they after set Adam up okay. the end of the Guardians, ball, okay, okay but but, ball, but Adam Warlock in 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 whatever
1: tier he's in, like, is actually at his lowest power level in this movie, which is whatever. I know, but, but, that, whole, but you, no, no, no. But wait, wait, but wait, wait, wait. All you, all you, I'm you still
0: coming from the mindset of somebody who knows who Adam. Warlock. No,
1: no, no. But skip it, skipping that, skipping that. I don't care about that part. The thing is. He whoops the guardians' ass when they first, because he runs up on them unexpectedly. It's not what they planning for it. Fires yeah. them up right, and it's not like when they see him again. It's like oh, it's all now. Like it's that's just not how the story plays out. You know what I mean? Like it's not. They don't even have a like a real. by the time they interact again, it's like they never interacted in the first place.
2: But the other thing is, Guardians is really good at taking these. Sort of not optimal Marvel characters, like kind of ridiculous characters. Like, I don't think anybody was like Star Lord's my favorite or Groot is the best or Drax is maybe Groot. Right, everybody, right. Always yeah, we, yeah, maybe. everybody always Groot. everybody always like Rocket Raccoon and people always like Groot. But I don't know if people were like in love with Drax. Um, and they mm-hmm. take those characters and make them like the best characters in the movie, like they make them so good. James Gunn makes them so good. Like he has fun with them, he knows the history, he plays with the history, he turns them around and makes them cool. And I just don't feel like he did that without a warlock. Like I don't feel like at it all. Kind of it felt like
1: he. It felt like he's been waiting to make this movie in the trilogy just to fuck without a warlock. That's what it feels like. It's really weird. You know, I just don't know why the characters there.
0: I don't know. I kind of like that either, and 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 I kind of like the take of him being like kind of more like this, uh, like a man child. Pretty much as you kind of learning stuff, and because they took him out too early, that's what they said. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think it's also a possibility if we introduce that Adam Warlock later on that he will be a more advanced. Because, like I said, I don't know much about Adam Warlock, but from my basic knowledge of Adam Warlock, I don't. I think that he was powerful when he was first created, but then he gets more and more powerful later on. That's but he true, he didn't out the gate was like. Um, deity level of power. You know what I'm saying? I, but I don't think he's ever like a toddler. I mean, he's I could maybe I'm he's crazy.
1: Not, I'm, I'm not saying that he's a
0: toddler, but I'm saying if you wanted to do a different take on the character, I think that kind of makes sense, right? Like you, you want to to kind of go through a progression. I mean, for me, I, I mean, again, it, again, so so yeah, the
1: portrayal
0: portrayal of the char- portrayal of an existing character is
1: one thing, but like and being. Necessary isn't even what I'm looking for, but it's like even serving a purpose in the narrative. It's like just
2: muddled, it's like a lot of stuff in the movie. It's muddled, but I actually want to yeah. hear why Keith likes it so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to hear more about this.
0: Some <laughs> point, <laughs> I don't understand. in point, like like Star Lord, for example, Star Lord, how he was originally in the comic, is not like how he is in Guardians of the Galaxy. They completely changed him to fit. Uh, more, okay, in, fit way in way. a way, into in a way to fit more with Chris Pine, almost right. And, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. You know, same thing I feel about Drax, right? Drax is more like goofy Dave Batista, you know, not mm-hmm. Drax from the comic. And it and it works. I just think that with Adam Warlock is just one of them things you either like like their different portrayal, or yon do. You either like their portrayal or you don't. The only reason why I really like Guardians personally is I just had so much fun watching it. And it has been a long time since I had fun watching a Marvel film. And some things are just like at its basis. Like, I already like the characters. I already like spending time with those characters, right? Mm-hmm. But then even with the high evolutionary, this this dude was acting like he is never going to act again in his life. And I freaking loved it. I was there, <laughs> I was there all the way there for it. And even the, I, the, the menacing, like, the level of menace that this character has was what I felt was missing in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. That is true. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like this dude created life and then destroyed it just as quick, right? Just casual, just like, oh
1: yeah, all right, evolution, da-da-da. all right, gone. Um,
0: the, so, so there's part of me that just enjoyed it because I just had fun with it, and then there's also like the small things, like um, that I felt were a little bit more um, heartfelt moments. Even this whole idea, and I, I mean it's it's corny, but it's it was like the whole idea Lord finally stopped jumping from one lily pad to the next, that he need to learn to swim, that he need to go back home and, and actually see Earth. Cause it was a thing that I used to always think like, this dude only went to Earth one time since he'd been an adult, and that was like what during um Endgame, right? Yeah. And that was and then the dip, like like went and said, All right, holler. Yeah, he after Tony's funeral, he was out of there. I guess right. Well, he he didn't even go visit people when he was there, you know. Exactly, and so it was just something about that, and it's something about just having seeing like a, a actual backstory for for Racket Raccoon. Even though I know some of us are already familiar with, it. and it might was pulled out a lot better in the um in the um what do you call it in the in comic books. I like how
1: it's handled here. I actually really do like a lot of how that part is handled, actually. Um, The part that it's it's like the backstory, they do great. But it's the stuff after it's like, it's just so weird to spend so much time with Rocket's backstory and then like not and then like not give him it's and then like put him in the background when he's awake in the present. Like I just that's just a weird thing. Like and they make him the captain at the end, but it's like we don't give Absolutely. him we don't let him continue that character journey really that much
0: know, uh, background because you gotta think essentially so he comes he comes through he's one of the people that make the decision um along you know to to help you know save the kids that's on the right mm-hmm. they go through they have that whole battle it's just it's just the fact that he kind of wakes up like pretty much towards the climax right and he's the also the one mm-hmm. that essentially defeats the high evolutionary, right? Yeah, he yeah. Him, He's the one that shoots him. It's like, the- but but I'm like, there's there's not even like a focus
1: on. He doesn't even talk about. And like, I'm not trying to critique it. Like, like, oh my god, this movie is so imperfect. Yeah, yeah. That's not what I'm getting at. But I'm just saying, like, we spend a ton of time with backstory with Rocket. And then like, he's not like a primary character in any scene again until he's with the, the High Evolutionary.
2: Well, he he is the protagonist of the movie, I'd say, and that it's following his journey. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what makes well, it feel weird. He is, his central antagonist is the High Evolutionary, so it isn't like we want to see Chris Pratt fight with the High Evolutionary at the end. Mm-hmm. We want to see Star-Lord. We want to see Rocket fight the High Evolutionary, which is interesting. It's kind of different from the other Guardians movies, which have been more focused on Star-Lord. So, I like that part. It's just that it's hard to pull that off when a lot of it is flashbacks and you also know where it's going. So like there aren't really a lot of surprises in the flashbacks. There's stuff in the flashbacks that works for sure. The scene where we find out why the high evolutionary hates the rocket so much and where Rocket diagnoses immediately the problem of why all the animals are going mad. And I love the whole scientific jargon scene where the movie is just like, audience, you don't need to understand this at all. We're just going to go all in on lingo and jargon and bullshit and Mm -hmm. just, like, make fun of how ridiculous these words are and not make any effort to explain this to you. I really like that. Like, just like, we're just going to call this stuff like MacGuffin crystals, okay? Like, that's what this is. (laughs) I I like that. I I, I, I like when they do that instead of when they're like, here's what metaclaridians do. And you're like, oh, I did not need this scientific explanation for I swear,
1: every time I hear that come up and then people <laughs> argue about what it means now and how it changed the can I just want to scream because we kind of <laughs> just, just didn't need that but <laughs> it kind of <laughs> yeah. made
2: fun of like when the movies over explain like how the hyperdrive works and stuff like that I thought that was really well done but then <laughs> it becomes a little torturous when it's just you know things are not going to go well for these poor animals we're just going to set up these cute animals and then we're going to torture them yeah <laughs> that's sort of like, like from a punk rock standpoint i kind of like james gunn like clash fan like guy who's like really into like you know uh transgressive music and transgressive art going i'm gonna make a movie for disney where animals just get horribly abused um and ultimately win i kind of i kind of appreciate that and i kind of appreciate in like a transgressive theoretical hypothetical way i like the concept of making a planet out of like disgusting flesh um mm-hmm. but i hate actually watching it <laughs> it's like i'm exactly. glad i've seen human centipede but i don't want to watch human centipede again
1: again, again i'm not gonna make this some huge complaint but it's like i don't know why action movies recent or action whatever genre fantasy all this stuff recently for some reason every time they do space now it's like the even the very idea of a space vacuum, like no one uses it anymore. Like it doesn't exist for some fucking reason. And it's just so weird. It just keeps coming up in a weird way. <laughs> and I was just like, yo, like I, I get like we with a movie where like this is fiction. Yeah. But come on, like
0: some of the stuff be so stupid. Another thing too about the animals, I don't know if it just kind of touched me on a whole nother level, but just kind of, you know, like when they first grab Rocket. And you could see like the fear in his eyes and stuff Ooh. like that. Made me think about like how, and then he goes from being a regular raccoon to start to um have a consciousness in a sense and start to be able to formulate words and things like that. And I was just and thinking, the first word he says is hurt. Uh, yeah. Hurt. Like, and I was just thinking about, man, that just made me feel some type of way. Like yeah. just, just kind of like this, this idea and then kind of, um, and then a lot of it, maybe this, this is just me. It kind of reminded me of like um, Frankenstein, Frankenstein, mm-hmm. Doctor Frankenstein, Frankenstein monster, and stuff like that. It just, it's, it's, I mean, but
1: that's what it is too. Like it's, it's the the creator chasing down its monster, right? Yeah,
2: it made me think of like babies. It made me think of like puppies and kittens and stuff like that. And just the, the how how sad it is. And when you're a child, when you don't understand why bad things are happening. And how scary that is, and it's just like pure fear that I. It made me like want to prevent that emotion in anybody ever.
1: Right. Well, and it's also the whole thing where he was like the high evolutionary. He's like, you were smart enough to to figure out this thing I couldn't figure out, but you didn't realize that I was going to get rid of you, this batch. You know. Yeah, you I love high
2: evolutionary motive.
1: And and he's like, and and Rock. I mean, he doesn't say this, and he doesn't really need to, right? But he's just like it wasn't about me not thinking of it. Obviously, I put something together real quick. It's not like I never considered this, but it was just more like evolutionaries never called said love. He's never called him a father either, but yeah. as a, as an intellectual, as he's gained this intelligence, that's who he was. He's his father figure rather than his
0: raccoon dad. You know what I mean? Well, see, he knows raccoon dad. That's you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But it's also, like, that, that thing, like, you could tell, like, when the High Revolutionary revolution, gave him some type of praise, even if it was something small, like, how much that, that meant to him.
1: Mm-hmm. He he would take the abuse with the little praise he received.
2: I think yeah. what bugged me is there was, there's a point after the whole fight with Adam Warlock that I didn't really enjoy where Star-Lord just goes, Let's go save our friend. And then I was like, "Yeah, like I'm totally on board with this movie. Like I just want to see them go save their friend. That's all I need. Like go save the character we all love. Go save Rocket Raccoon. And then there's the trip to like Planet Flash. And then there's like a whole thing where suddenly a bunch of little kids are in danger who all look like Sia. And yeah, there's like and I, it's like the second movie in a year that has just introduced a whole bunch of kids who need to be rescued. Um, who are just straight up storytelling devices, like raise the stakes devices? They did it in Thor: Eleven Thunder too, although I like mm-hmm. Thor: Under a lot more. Um, and yeah, that's, I there's the that whole. What's that? You hated it. That's the thing I hate Thor: Eleven Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then there, and then there's the whole thing at the end where everything comes crashing down, and maybe Star Lord's gonna die, and him and Gamora. Maybe have something going on again, and maybe he's interested in Nebula now, which is like, no, this doesn't have to happen. And then there's that weird flirtation with the uh, yeah. receptionist lady who talks a lot like Anna De- What's her name? Anna Dayarmus. To the point where I was like, "Is this Anna Like Who is this?" Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she's like the orange lady who he,
0: the so one that the- oh, the, the the sexy orange lady. The planet, oh,
2: so- the planet of beautiful, normal-looking women and weird-looking men.
0: She plays um, she plays <laughs> Rat Catcher on um Suicide Squad. I can't oh, that's that. who that is.
2: Okay, well, she was good. Well, um, you know another one God, other thing I mean, we haven't
0: talked about yet, and and
1: it, it really did kind of it was omnipresent, so I couldn't like not think about it all the damn time. I just really, it was really, it was a lot of I do mean, I don't want to. This word that is not really what I'm looking for. I'm gonna use it so y'all can kind of know what I'm getting at. But this, I don't think it's this strong. But it just felt like Peter was harassing Gamora the whole movie, given that <laughs> that's not her, right? Who he fell in love with, and he keeps bringing it up all the time, and she's like, hey. Not a thing, and then he
2: just keeps doing it anyway, and it's yeah, like it's like if okay, you're ex dies, and then you meet somebody who looks just like her in another country. Yeah, it's just like yo, yo, bro. Like
0: I, I yeah, I, I kind of felt like that. I mean, after the first couple times, it was cool. Um, but then when it kept going on, it, was, it just kind of kept happening. But at the same time, I was like, I don't know. Like that would be something though. Like you, you love somebody, y'all kind of. Throws of your love and stuff, and then they die, but then they come back. They probably will do something to you, you know.
1: But yeah, but I mean, we gotta do. Look again, it's it's not that serious. What I'm about to say, it's just what's in the script. So like, we got to make a whole bunch of judgments about it. But all I'm saying is like, we got a dude who's had a recent drinking problem, who keeps harassing a person who is not the person he fell in love with over it's just kind of like this annoying set of like just conditions like together because I mean, they don't really it was, work for me I but wish like i'm was was saying
2: huh i wish it was funnier or i said or i mean more tragic or led to something happening it could just i mean felt-
1: it's, it's even the same way now like when you watch some like like family matters now how sometimes those things can look like harassment versus just like this dude who's really nicely interested in this girl. And she's like, Steve, no thanks.
2: I don't actually care about like the, whether the character is like a good person. Like, cause people do dumb shit all the time. And like, I'm fine with seeing it presented on screen. Um, me too. I just don't need
1: it. 10
2: times it just wasn't yeah yeah it was overdone and it just didn't go anywhere it's like they kept suggesting that it was going to go somewhere or that something interesting was going to happen and then it just kind of he sort of made peace with oh that's not her and we're like yeah we know it's not her we've been everybody's <laughs> been telling us <it's> not her
0: <laughs> we, then, we, we kinda, knew
2: this when end game
0: happened. We've been. i kind of like that you know peter is that is that slow of a guy that he can't because one thing he did say he said i don't understand this um parallel universe met- metaphysics shit like he, he even says he don't completely understand it. all he knows in his mind is that this is gomorrah
2: yeah
0: i mean sure like, it's, it's no it's no no other thing that he understands like we get your your misunderstanding else. doesn't make it less uncomfortable
1: every time right. you do it after the fifth time yeah, but that's that's the character though <laughs> I mean, it was, but it's just like, all right, we get it, man. We we get it. It just like, like I mean like what they're saying in the movie is what we think. Like by the time they have that that open line rather than a closed line, and they're talking and we're on that fleshy planet thing, I I'm, I feel like we we've done it enough times, but nope, it keeps coming up. Um, so I don't know. It it it's well, only this
2: thing, thing with Ratcatcher goes on long enough that I was like, are they trying to set up that he's gonna like find like consolation love with this new person? Like, is that what's going on here? But then that doesn't go anywhere either.
0: It's just I, weird.
1: It's literally like one of those things where, like, you're failing the what's that test called? Where, like, every time something comes up with a woman character, it's always about some with the It's the Bechdel test.
2: I think Guardians that, probably passes the Bechdel test because Gamora and Nebula probably talk about something that isn't the Bechdel test. Is like, are there at least two female characters? Do they have a name? Do they talk about something other than a man? <laughs> it's a very yeah, so, so. I
1: say I, I would say yes. So for that, I, I, th- I think it does pass actually. But it is. But I would say anything related to Peter, he he couldn't even pass it just with man to man. He just mm-hmm. wants to talk about Gamora ever since. He's, he's so like going up about it still. And I guess that's the thing that's interesting. Like I don't even know if like this movie, like it's a Phase Four film, isn't but it? But I kind of. I think it's phase four. It's still phase four. Yeah.
2: Okay. Whatever um, it is, the space is sucked. Yeah. Well,
1: you know, I think this entry. I mean, it it you know falls in average. I mean, but most of of what happened to phase four was average or below. Um, I'm not even sure what Google would say the standout for phase four is. Um, it's probably have to be something in between. Uh, maybe one of the shows, the Disney Plus shows, um, like WandaVision. Um, we have Multiverse, we have the, the Spider
0: Man film. Uh, um, do you say that? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the Multiverse right. I, I, so my favorite one is Gardens, actually. I think it's the mm. best. Well, let me put it this way I think that people were starting to really taper off from Marvel films. Especially after this Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. I think Guardians 3 is gonna get people more interested to come back and see these movies, like at in droves, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I enjoyed it. Like <laughs> that's all I gotta say. I just enjoyed I, I mean enjoy look,
1: it. most people don't feel like me at Tim, clearly. Uh the the, the
0: mm-hmm. review show people love it.
1: And, yeah. and like,
0: like for example, I didn't I didn't like Thor. I didn't care about nothing that happened. I didn't even think. I didn't care.
1: That was such I, a missed opportunity. What with What with my story. favorite
0: with Thor was this? I didn't even know why Thor was doing what he was doing. Like, cause, like, who cares? Like, it was it was always a who cares moment. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. At least, at least in Guardians, with the motivations and what characters were doing, it could it's just as simple as like are saving Rocket. You know,
1: well, like, before I, the I, God, God Butcher and like, the comics, saving, it's such a great Robert, story.
0: Like, this dude is evil. This dude needs to be taken down, you know. Um, oh, it, it was just a, just a fun movie. It was just like like for I went to go see um, the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yeah. And I like and I think it was cool, mm-hmm. but it was like watered down Gardens of the Galaxy. If you can water down it even more, you know. I think mm-hmm. it was a fun movie. I think it was I think it was great. I think it was enjoyable, especially to people who like fantasy and even more. To people who like D and D, because people who like D and D love it, you know. Yeah. And and I thought it was good, but it was just it's something about this this Guardians of the Galaxy Bound three movie, and it might also be that a lot of Phase Four has pretty much been, you know.
2: I just see like out of ten. If <laughs> so, I can just like issue a plea, if I could do anything, I would just say if they could, please lay off the CGI, CGI, like yeah. make it more about. Uh, like personal conflict and like interpersonal stuff and less about we need to stop this army of computer creatures because like once they introduce these like pixelated villains i don't care at all i don't i don't believe The, the whole suspension of disbelief thing like for a movie to work you have to forget you're watching a movie and whenever i'm watching the super cgi especially when i'm watching it through a bad 3d experience I'm just extremely conscious of that I'm watching a movie and that I could be doing something else.
0: Yeah, and that's that's understandable. Mm-hmm. I think I think um certain stuff, now I will say certain stuff I'm I'm more lenient with in Guardians that I'm not so much in certain other films, like even Black Panther. Like Black Panther bad CGI just shouldn't be, because first off, I don't even know why I need CGI. In most scenes. Well, 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 really, the only place it was CGI
1: stood out as not being great was that last fight in the first film. In the first film,
0: yeah, and then and then a little bit, it's a little bit better in Wakanda Forever. Yeah, it's it's better. It's definitely better. Yeah. CGI was actually good in this
2: one. It was kind of a problem in Ant Man, but in this one, it actually looked really good. Like the villains looked really good. I just, even if they look fucking great, I do not care.
0: Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I think I think that because it's more of this space flash Gordon-ish type of film, I can accept the excessive CGI, especially when it's done well. Whereas like Ant Man and the WAPS look like a video game. Yeah. And not not even from Xbox Series S or Playstation Five. I'm talking mm-hmm. about Playstation Four era, maybe, you know, <laughs> like yeah. last generation. Um Video games, but I I feel you like one thing. That's why that's why like some of the best like like let's I don't know why I keep going to Logan for example. Oh yeah, great. Logan is like it might be one of the most perfect superhero films, you know. And 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 also from the fact that there's not like this huge CGI things going on, you know. And right, so what's the best superhero when they,
2: film? When they do do CGI and Logan, it's really effective because they bring back the young Logan like. They use like a, a very well aged Hugh Jackman, and it it's really effective. It's cool,
0: right? And 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 I and I agree with y'all. Like, I think some of my most favorite um, out of like anything from Marvel, even DC, are the ones that feel smaller. Like even Dead... But what's 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 the best superhero film? Like in general, like, yeah. no, that's hard to say because I think I think the. So okay, so bar, let me give you a few contenders. Let me give you a few contenders. You could do.
1: You could do Black Panther. You could do, uh, the what's the second Nolan Batman, whatever that one is. Dark Knight. I said uh, that's the most. That's the politically correct. You, you, you could do. You could do the Captain. America, second Captain America film. Um, what else is a contender? Uh I had to think about it.
0: It's, so, it's a few. It's a few good ones out there. I don't know. It's kind of hard to say a song
1: that I, but I will say, man, in Endgame, it's crazy. It kind of got to be up in there.
2: Game yeah, i got I, I like I actually kind of like Infinity War more in some ways. Yeah, I, like, Infinity the, War the kind of is the
1: one. Infinity War to me is better than Endgame.
2: The way that it wow. ends, and you like, you stream out of there, like, oh my god! Like, the way it begins is insane. Experience. Do you remember that? The yeah, what? Yeah. That was the
0: Infinity way it War.
1: begins. It's
2: Incredible. Crazy
0: get his ass whooped and knocked down the earth. Yo, my son, yeah. man, he, he saw that shit. He said, Oh my
2: <laughs> and oh. yeah, a lot of C, a lot of CG, but they spent a lot of time like establishing human relationships in that movie. Like a they had yeah, yeah, no, uh, Even so if when you haven't seen the movies
1: before that, you can enjoy it.
0: See I, so I don't when even...
2: they disappear it is so tragic. Like you're it you oh, really yeah. feel it when they when the first person turns to dust you're just like oh my Mr. God. Mr Stark I don't feel so good.
0: I think um, that might be the top, like, especially MCU movie. It's definitely the best MCU movie, but I have to really think about, like, best superhero movie.
1: Infinity War, man. The thing about Infinity War, you know, the fights are so good. Oh, my goodness.
2: <laughs> I really oh, like...
1: So- like, it, it starts, it starts on a rocket ship, yeah. literally, and then Hulk gets knocked to Earth, and then it just keeps oh, goodness, going, man. and then you go to Earth, and then you go back on a ship. And I and, like, and Spider Man is there, and and Doctor Strange is like, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, I was trying to help you. And he's like, well, like it's reaction. I also oh, like this great. a
2: lot because the opening with Nightcrawler is incredible. The Wolverine fight with Lady Deathstrike is awesome.
1: Brian, oh, Thomas, Iron Man, that's not
2: Doctor Strange, who everybody yeah. loves now for Succession, is a terrific villain. Um, the way that they sort of hint at the Dark Phoenix saga coming is great, mm-hmm. and it really feels like a true X Men story, like a real. A real X Men X Men straight and it's the first comic book movie that I ever remember seeing, where I was like, "This is exactly like everything that I love about the comics." Yeah, X Men Two, right?
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah. X Men Two was, and and I think that was the one that was kind of based off. um God God loves man kills because mm-hmm. I mean,
2: it yeah,
0: had a, such a good biker, yeah. and they using Professor Xavier to you know, do all that. So, um, so yeah, I forget about X2. X2 is pretty good. Spider-Man 2 is pretty good.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man 2 is
0: good. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, but no, sometimes, I don't,
0: I, mean, me. I don't know if this is a, a superhero film sometime or just a romance movie because it's just so much of that in the movie, but that's also, like, it makes it shine. Um, And I think that was the first... I know we talked about superhero. I think that was the first superhero movie I saw that it didn't feel like it was just all about the superheroics in the last villain fight like yeah and,
1: and actually too the amazing spider-man movies are not they, they don't get enough credit for the stuff they pulled off i think those movies are actually really solid i think the um,
2: first
0: one is, I, I can't i can't the one with electro
2: i've never seen that one
1: well the one with Electro, well i think yeah well if jamie Fox could just pick the right stuff oh my goodness. Hopefully, that'll still be a thing we can continue talking about. But I think the thing about Electro that didn't work was just something about the way they did the personality with like him being so goofy and like.
2: Yeah, that's what I did. I was like I don't need to see this like the thing where they did it with Michelle Pfeiffer and Catwoman too where she's like a total absolute dork and then it's just like the coolest ever once they get powers and I
1: uh, never well, remember it. they did that in Wonder Woman too also every time yeah, it happens it yeah. just, it's not a great sign I never it. <laughs> yeah, there's not a good track record with movies that do that for whatever reason
2: but, um, I don't know if this movie would hold up and I kind of want to see it again to see if it does but the original Superman. Mm. There have been times I've seen that where the score is so good, and like Christopher Reeve is such a good actor in it, and Gene Hackman is really good in it, that that movie, I'm sure it has stuff that doesn't work anymore. But I think about that movie all the time as like a a very especially as like really the first modern superhero movie. Mm-hmm. being really effective. And also Superman 2, I saw oh, that when I was like five in a drive-in theater and remember just crying my eyes out.
1: I haven't seen the Superman film since I've understood movies a little better. So I feel like I should go back and do that. That's a good point.
0: I think they're, I think they're, um, to me they hold up, but it's also like- well.
1: No,
0: I, 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 I also, also like the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle film, so I'm probably not the one. Hey, no, no that, movie, that, by- that movie go hard, man. Hey, it ain't the Great best soundtrack. one, but
2: they it, look it, awesome.
0: That's a damn good movie, man. Like, it, oh it, it, my this is the thing. And, and I'm, I, I remember, I don't know, I said, um, what, what was I? I was looking up something about it, and I saw the Rotten Tomato score and how low it was, and I'm like, bullshit, Rotten Tomato. Yeah. <laughs> Like Man. you're not you're not gonna tell me that this is not one this not fresh. Like you, you're not gonna tell me that it ain't Lisa 80, you know. So I don't know, that that shit was good. And then, well, and then I'll like, tell you this,
1: the 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 speaking of Superman movies,
0: I hadn't even seen like I
1: I've known about the plot of Superman four, but it really wasn't until I listened to the industry podcast about oh, uh, with Dan Delgado. Yeah. that they broke it down a little bit more that I like that I Understood a little bit more about not just the plot itself, but like how they made some of those bizarre ass decisions. Yeah. <laughs> um, God. So, if y'all haven't heard the industry podcast yet, uh, the episode on Superman four definitely go back. It is it is an adventure that you will yeah. not regret. Uh, a good forty minutes of your time, right. definitely check that out. Pretty good. Hey,
0: before we go, since we're talking about superhero stuff, if you could pitch, if you could have you know, um, be be like James Gunn, be given any property to work on comic book-wise, what would it be?
2: I've said this for years, and I actually sent Keith this comic book. Um, It's a limited series called Beauty and the Beast. It came out about 1985, and it's Dazzler, um, the mutant rock star, like sort of disco star basically falls on hard times and gets involved in a superhero gladiator underground um, sort of secret fight ring. And the beast from the X-Men tries to pull her out of it and is basically in love with her, but she's, she's considered beautiful. He's considered a beast. He's considered this like blue haired freak. Um, The villain who's running the underground exploitative mutant fighting ring is Dr. Doom's son, who I don't think really turns up in Marvel comics that much afterwards and the whole thing is basically like a metaphor for porn. It's like Boogie Nights crossed with X-Men and I think it is the fucking best ever. It's so yeah. no,
0: big. It it, killer it,
2: killer good. Writer. Yeah. It's so dark, it's so moving, it's like truly romantic like how much like Beast loves her and she starts to starts to feel for him. Um it's so left field and weird and just I want to go back and read it right now. The art is also super awesome. I think Bill Sankowitz did the covers and maybe did the inside art, too. Yeah. I would do that.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. That's actually a good. One. What about you, Ann? I know you got some.
2: Man, it's a it's
0: a comic book series
1: I can't find. It came out in the late 2000. Well, I said late 2000. That's not right. That's why I can't find it. It's like the 2010s. And... um. Man, like I, I it's killing me because I can't remember. It wasn't Marvel, it wasn't DC. It might have been Image, but it was like this 26-issue run of just some of the most crazy action um and really interesting story you'd seen. And also like this weird biological uh virus element. Uh if it was some more conventional, I would just say Superman, just because I feel like what Superman is really about. I feel like the Christopher Reeves movies explore it more than the more modern takes that have come since where the whole thing about Superman is he's supposed to be freed from the sins of humanity because of his power. Like, he's not greedy. He's not this. He's not that. And he he doesn't feel like the greed of man, for example, because of how powerful he is. Like, he cannot be harmed. And it's like, because of that, he can have truly this sort of um real forgiving um the word that's coming to mind has a religious connotation and this is where really what i'm going with it but like it's sort of everlasting and, and and love that can be unconventional and peace and forgiveness because he actually is one that cannot be harmed, and so like that's supposed to be the thing that's special about him and i feel like that's a part that still is not explored and so if I had a chance to do something with that character, that's why I would take it. Yeah. I know, like uh, right now, the movie that, that's being written is being done by come on, what's his name? He wrote Between the World and Me. He did Black Panther's a comic. Oh, Tanahassi
2: Coates. Yeah, yeah,
1: you know, he he's writing the script right now for the Superman film. So I'm curious to see his <laughs> take.
2: One time I was listening to NPR and the guy goes, and next we'll be talking to Tanahassi. What? I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, how did you get Tallahassee and fuck up Coates?
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> it almost looks like it could be some like, like I don't know, something that's not coats because of the E in between the T and S, whatever. Well. That's funny if, though.
0: I was, I was thinking so if it's just doing something that's like obscure that I think nobody's ever heard of or whatever, i do Savage Dragon. I mean,
1: oh, if people know about Savage Dragon,
0: I'm just saying, yo, your average audience don't, and you I don't gonna put even, you will put Spawn and uh, mean, and uh and, and, mean, face and Witchblade that. in there. Yeah, so so you know, you could just build a whole universe off of that shit, right? Um, well, that that's what
1: everybody's been trying to do with different IPs, and some people like Valiant Comics have literally destroyed the whole company trying to do that.
0: And it's corny, like I mean, it's it's, it's corny enough to to also make cool. And you know, it's just I think it's I think it's freedom to do like different stuff with that. Um, mm-hmm. I always, of course, want to do a Ninja Turtles film, but I'm just it's Nickelodeon. But the the biggest thing, if it's like 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 I'm talking about straight, like I can do whatever I want to balls with the wall, balls to the wall. I'll do like the deepest X Men story I can do, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'm I'm focusing on the five original X Men. And I feel like that has not been explored, like in a live action sense. Mm -hmm. And I want, so so I want an X Men story. So when I read the um, what's what's the comic I just keep always mentioning? Um, God loves man kills. There's a there's a scene where these um these black mutant kids are um are murdered by the friendship, what they call the friendship of humanity. Oh, the swing set. Yeah, the swing set thing. Yeah, Yeah, and Magneto finds their body. And I was thinking, like, man, that's that's such a cold. Like, I remember reading this as a kid. And then there's this thing where Kitty pride is being hunted down by them. I'm like, man, these dudes are terrifying. Like, they're like the, the, the X-Men world version of the KKK. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we never really got nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? And just, like, what type of story that looked like. And then especially if you got X-Men who are not in tune with their powers. I want mm-hmm. an X-Men story before they're X-Men. You know, like no no costumes, they're just in the learning phase, and then this mutant hate group comes up. I don't want no Magneto in this film. And the first one is just them dealing with um being teenagers, their powers, and dealing with racism, bigotry, all of that stuff. The second movie we introduce Magneto and start, you know, kind of moving more forward, but still it it will be um Coming off the tails of the consequences of the first movie, yeah, and I think that'd just be a, a a whole new thing. No, not a whole bunch of crazy CGI. Of course, we're not gonna have no aliens. It, it, it doesn't have to be that wild, you know what I mean? You might make beasts a little CGI, big feet, big hands, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but everything else, you know, just very a more grounded X Men story. That's why. That's what I'm saying.
2: When X Men did that shit where there would just be like graffiti on the walls that said muty or something, and you knew that muty was like a stand in for every racial slur, that right. just hits you so much more powerfully than any of the like spy takes on it or you know space age stuff. Right. It's like X Men is just a perfect metaphor for being an adolescent and, and like things are changing in the world and you're figuring out how things work and you're discovering like all this hatred, especially like if you're a gay teen or you're like of color or anything like that, like to just get hit with that blast of people who hate you for the first time. It's such a good metaphor for that. And I think, I don't think X-Men ever works better than when you're like 14 years old and you're just first seeing that in the world.
0: Right. And I'm
2: first, but first like understanding it maybe.
0: Yeah. And I think we, we haven't had, it's like every X-Men movie when they introduce teenage X-Men, they take a back seat. Like they're not yeah. main. You know? Yeah. Um, so I think this would be good. I make Cyclops the protagonists. People yeah. act like they hate Cyclops. Mm-hmm. I think Cyclops has never been like depicted correctly. But then also, if you had them young and you have them grow up throughout the series, you can see them actually grow more into themselves. And then introduce—I want to introduce Wolverine to like third or fourth movie because I plan on making a bunch of them. <laughs> and he got to be short. I'm so tired. I was yeah. watching reading some article about this people fan casting or. Mark Cavill might, you know, try to be Wolverine. I'm like, that's bullshit. Why do we got all these six, three people playing Wolverine? Wolverine is five, six. I like, that, always said you. <laughs> you, you, know, you know who I told, told my um, wife who I think would play Wolverine in a weird way? I, I got a couple people, but the one that's like the most obscure is Daniel Radcliffe.
2: Yeah, didn't they mention that to him? Wasn't there like a um, fan thing about that? And he said Harry, no.
0: Harry Potter.
2: <laughs> yeah. But why not? Like why not? So
0: I, I think people get hung up on the fact that he's Harry Potter, right? And so, but but this is my thing. If you if you get that dude to beef up a little bit, what is he like five, seven? You get him to beef up a little bit. He can grow a beard. You can make him look like Wolverine. He just gotta get bigger. That's pretty much it he can play he can play the character
2: i got a real weird one and my my real one is tom cruise i think he'd be awesome especially now that he's he can <laughs> play grizzled finally cuz he's like 60 um some weird part of me could see timothy chalamet gaining like 50 pounds and fucking crushing it <laughs> <laughs> it would take, it would
0: take he's much smaller than daniel rack rack
2: he seems he reads small but i think he has like a ferocity that's more wolverine like
0: so you can't say this guy can't look like Wolverine.
2: Oh, he could totally look like Wolverine. Yeah, no, he'd be good. Daniel Radcliffe's a great actor.
0: Like once you see him with like facial hair, it kind of changes things. But if you just think about the boy who lived, then yeah, no. Nah.
2: You know <laughs> what? I saw they wanted to do a Native American Wolverine. Like they not. They want to do it. When I say they, I'm saying like people on Twitter were saying it would be a good idea, and that actually does make a lot of sense because he's Canadian. And if they do that, they should get the guy who stars in How to Blow Up a Pipeline who plays Michael and I'm going to look up his name right now cuz that guy is a fantastic actor and has a really good intensity. Um he's also in he's also in what's that Leonardo DiCaprio movie where he's fighting the bear? Um it got best picture a few years ago.
0: Um um what
2: is that movie called?
0: Revenant and did it? Revenant.
2: Yeah. Um yeah, it's he's also not and his this actor's name is <laughs> great podcasting right now. Me looking things up on IMDb, um, actor's name is 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 IMDb has gotten harder to use recently. Also, I'm a thousand years old. Far as good luck, I think would be an awesome Wolverine. But I also like him just making cool movies like How to Blow. Up a okay, Pipeline. I can see them. Um, How to Blow up a Pipeline is a awesome movie. Maybe we should talk about it
1: yeah, I yeah. Guess so. well there was one other thing I feel like I was gonna mention but it's oh oh the name of that comic book series it's zero that was the one I was thinking of zero it's this is amazing amazing comic book series it's got some of the best action I've ever seen like like because you know for comic book stuff it's almost like you can just storyboard and things to some degree mm-hmm. It's man, like some of the most creative things I've ever seen in my life, man. To this day, still, it was uh came out in 2013 through 2015, pretty
0: good, pretty good stuff. Right, check that John out, but yeah, yeah, I guess we we went far off from Guardians, man. we we did, but yeah, the comic book stuff do that sometimes, but um, but yeah, I think we can start closing now if you guys us this far. Um, I'm saying I sound like you for a second, Aaron. I'm about to say Keith. I'll go for it on the socials. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> So we're on Instagram at the low key pod. Um, I'm sorry guys, I haven't been checking it lately, but uh we're gonna get back to that. I have to get my wife to do it because um she she has the account. But anyway, um Tim, anything you want to plug for Movie Maker?
2: Um, next issue is gonna be pretty great. It's gonna have a superhero on the cover for hey. a film coming out in August. I don't want to say who yet. Uh and also I'm looking at my copy of Beauty and the Beast. And the pencils were by Don Perlin. Uh, Bill Sankowitz did do the covers, but Don Perlin did the inside art, and Kim DeMulder did the inks, and Anna Senti wrote it. She is the best.
0: Yeah, nice. beautiful, beautiful story, real talk. Like, if you guys haven't heard of, heard of this, you got to check it out. And, and I appreciate you once again for sending that to me because oh. they had other comics in it too. Um, oh, yeah. I kind of want to go back and read it because it was just because mm-hmm. I read it in, in a flash, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we'll come back next time with, with something more, something more fresh for your ear. <laughs> and we out. All right, peace, peace. Yeah.